He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Well, happy Easter and good morning again. Uh, I would like to welcome everyone here, whether you're a first-time guest, whether you come all the time, and for some of you who haven't been here since last Easter, I want to thank you guys for joining us. <laughs> also, for those who join us for church online, hey, thank you for joining us for church online. Let's give it up for those watching online. And I want you to understand, even though they're not in the room here with us, they are part of us. They're still part of the body of Christ. So we thank you guys for being here with us today. And just as a reminder, don't let just sitting on your couch be a replacement from being connected to the local body of Christ. You know, continue to get connected with the local body of Christ someplace because that's how we work on our relationship with Jesus and with others. You know, a lot of times we'll get stuck where we just enjoy. It's easy to stay at home. And it's easy just to watch. And I know that there's someone in the room today that's a steady watching who watches us online. And it's because of a physical ailment, and I totally understand that. But it's Easter Sunday, and she made it to church. Praise God for that. Hallelujah. So, so you know, you join us for church online. We are glad you're here with us, but don't let it replace you being connected to a local church. And it doesn't have to be this church. Get connected to a local body of Christ someplace because we're about building the kingdom of heaven, not building a church. The church is the body of Christ and all of us are part of the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. So with that being said, I think this morning we want to look at, we're going to look at, I think, what is the most important series of events in the history of the whole world. And that is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. As you look at things that have happened in the world, this is definitely some of the most important things that ever happened to us. But I think before we get started, I've got to admit something. Have you ever like been reading through the Bible, and as you're reading it, you kind of get to a story, or you start comparing yourself with the people in the Bible? And maybe it's just me, but like, have you ever read the Bible and been like, oh, I would never do that. Or on the other case, you read the Bible and go, oh, they wrote this about me. You know, because you're sitting there and you're like, oh my God, this, I could be, this could be something I would do. Or maybe it's something you already have done. And, and I find myself looking at the characters of the Bible and, and kind of saying, man, I, couldn't, I know I ain't that bad. I, I know I'm not this person. And, well, I could kind of be this person. I'm definitely glad I'm not Job. And for those who don't come to church all the time, you might think it says Job. We don't talk about Jobs. We talk about Job in church. But, but you sit there and you're like, oh, man, I don't want that. Don't, you know, people tell you don't ever pray for patience. But I catch myself looking at the characters. And, and I look at the stories and, and I ask myself, uh, where do I fit in? And... and you know, hopefully you've done that, and it's not just me. Hopefully I'm not the only weird one in the room. But, you know, they, they do say that life is 10% of what happens to us, but it's 90% of how we respond. And I think that's huge as you look in God's Word. You know, you see so many different things happen to people, but then you look at their response. And that's actually where we're going to spend today. We're going to spend some time looking at the responses of people with the resurrection of Jesus. And we need to understand that 
during this time, the disciples were hopeless. They were hopeless. They were lost. It was, it was dark days between the cross and Resurrection Sunday. They were in hiding. They didn't know what to do. And, and I think what, as we look at this story, you're going to see how different people reacted to the resurrection of Jesus. And I think in our own lives, each of us kind of react these same ways. And hopefully what we'll see through this whole time is that when we're tempted to despair in pain or maybe through our disappointment, um, we have to hope in God's faithfulness. We, ha we have to trust in God during that time and understand that through his death, burial, and resurrection, we have life. And I think sometimes we forget about that life that we have. So if you have your Bible, we're going to be in John chapter 10, verses, uh, John chapter 20, verses 1 through 10. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew. And don't worry about, if you don't have one, you can watch right up here on the screen. We'll have the scripture up here for you. So with that being said, John chapter 20 verses 1 through 10. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb, so she went running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said to them, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. At that, Peter and the other disciple went out heading for the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and got to the tomb first. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then following him, Simon Peter also came. He entered the tomb and saw the linen clothes lying there. The wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the linen clothes, but was folded up in a separate place by itself. The other disciple who had reached the tomb first then also went in, saw, and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. Heavenly Fathers, we seek in your word today, Lord. We ask that you open up our eyes that we may see what it is you want us to see. Open our ears that we may hear your voice. And Lord, may my words be yours, and may your name be glorified. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. So, so as you read this story, and you know, we, we've gone through it, and if you've spent any time in God's word, you've got to kind of ask yourself, what were the disciples thinking? What were the disciples really thinking on this day? You know, they, they've been walking with Jesus. Jesus explained to them that he had to die, and that he would rise again. But we know that they didn't get it. We know that the disciples didn't get it. And so you've got to be thinking, what were you listening to? Or what were you doing for the past three years? Because they did not anticipate the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, you know, we know they were clueless according to verse 9. Uh, even people kept telling them when Jesus was alive, they didn't believe him. And you can read that in the Gospel of Mark. So people were telling them, we saw Jesus. And they're like, well, we didn't see him. We, what do you mean Jesus is alive? <laughs> Hmm. And we know from different gospel accounts, basically they went back home. They went back home. They went to the place they were staying. They kind of said, well, Jesus is gone. I followed him for three years. Let me go back to work. 
and or they went into hiding because they were afraid of, you know, if the Roman government did this to Jesus, what, what are they going to do to us? And it just bogs my mind that what happened? What was really going through their mind? You know, we know some of them went back to their old profession before they were following Jesus. And the one thing that I really thought about was, if our faith is weak, if our faith is weak, it may not be obvious when life is going smoothly, you know, and we're not challenged in any way. Because when we're not challenged, our faith, our weak faith isn't going to show. Because kind of like we can hide behind it because we have no challenges in our life. But, but, in the hard times, when hard times come, I think a weak faith will be revealed for what it really is, shallow and unable to help us through life's difficulties. You see, there's a lot of people who, as they go through this life, have a weak faith, and you never see it until something happens. And then when something happens in their life, that's when you start to see it, it turned in a totally different direction. And understand it, it could be anything. It could be anything that takes us from everything's great to man, my life is horrible. It could be an illness. It could be an unexpected death of a family member. It could be an unexpected loss of a job. Even worse, it could be a best friend that betrays you. And you're like, wait, you are my homie. How can you betray me? You are my best friend. That's why they say, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Because then what happens is when we get this betrayal in our life and we don't know what to, what to do, our true faith is shown. And I think, it, you know, when we have these hard times and it happens and we see that true nature of our faith, it truly shows who we believe in. And so what I want to do today is go back to this tomb. Go back to the tomb of Jesus on Easter Sunday morning. And, and as we go back to this tomb on Easter Sunday morning, I want to kind of paint this picture and paint the scene of what three different people saw and the way three different people reacted. Because we do have three totally different reactions from the three main characters in the Gospel of John here. So the first one we're going to do is we're going to look at Mary Magdalene. Now, of course, just so you do know, her last name was not Magdalene. She was from the town of Magdala, which is uh, by the Sea of Galilee. So it actually wasn't her name. She was Mary of Magdala or Mary Magdalene. Jesus actually cast seven demons out of her. So she was demon-possessed. Jesus took the demons, cast the demons out of her. She was one of Jesus' most loyal disciples or loyal followers. And, and what we see today is we know she was present at the crucifixion because she was at the crucifixion with Jesus' mother Mary and also the Apostle John. So we, we know she was there. We know she saw Jesus die on the cross. We know by this story that she's going to the tomb, so she had to be a witness to the burial of Jesus. So we know she's been there for both situations. And now early in the morning, she comes up to the grave. She's the first one to arrive. And I kind of find it interesting. 
why is she the first one to arrive at the tomb? And I try and think, what was she going through? What was in her mind? You know, I, I can imagine that she really loved Jesus. She, she loved him. He took seven demons out of me. So there had to be this care, there had to be this love, because he had radically changed her life for the better. She went from being demon-possessed to a follower of Jesus. Jesus touched her in a way and filled her heart in a way that couldn't be filled by anything on this earth. So she was looking to go to him. And, and I think with her, and, and you see it a lot of times in, in grief or different situations, she's basically responding to the here and now. She is at the here and now phase right now. I'm here. I got this task at hand. I've got to do this. She's basically laid out in front of her. This is what I've got to do. I'm not going to get distracted. I'm not going to look left or the right. I've got to do this, and I'm bringing this stuff because I've got to give my Lord and Savior a proper burial. Because if you remember, the day he was crucified, they had to get him off the cross and get him buried quickly before the Sabbath came. So they couldn't give him a proper burial. So here she comes. She's coming to the grave. She's got all the spices, everything. And in other gospels actually say she's talking to the other women trying to figure out how are we going to move the stone. How can we move this stone? But i got to give Jesus his proper burial. So in her mind, she's that here and now. Uh, I'm task-oriented. This is what I've got to do. And there's a lot of us who are like that. I've got, I will admit I am very task-oriented. Uh-huh, you hear that? I am, I am very, I'm a task-oriented person. Um, but, but we see this, and as she's going there, she's got the spices, she comes to the tomb, and the tomb's open, and it's empty. And before we look at her response in the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it tells us that the angel who was there told her, he is not here he is risen. So the other gospel accounts tell us that they told Mary Magdalene, hey, Jesus is not here. He is risen. Did you notice what her response was? She runs back. She runs to Peter. She runs to John. And what does she say? They've taken the Lord out of the tomb. And I don't know where they put him. She has been told that he is risen but in her mind, she's looking at so task-orientated that the body's missing, so must have taken it. Even though she was told he was risen, she's so stuck on, I, I, I got to anoint his body, I got to do this. Oh, wait, wait, wait. But there's no body here. Someone must have stole the body. They took the body, I don't know who it is. You know, we got these Romans that, that killed our Jesus took away all the hope I have in my life, and now they've taken his body so that we can't give him a proper burial? So I imagine this is what's going through her mind because she knew, i got to give him a burial. And she was so focused on this at hand that she was missing the gospel that was set before her. We know she was distraught, and in the verses right after this from verse 11 down, it actually talks about after they all came to, and it says that, you know, Peter and John went back to where they were staying. Well, it actually says that Mary stayed there weeping. And, and as she stayed there weeping, 
And two angels appeared to her. And she asked again, where do they take my Savior? Where do they take his body? And again, as she turns to walk away, she sees Jesus. And we'll continue this story in a moment. Let's look at Peter. Let's look at Peter for a second. Peter, we all know Peter. Man, I can be like Peter. Peter just busts through the door wide open. He don't care. Foot in mouth, going to say it. You know, it's one of them things when you're like, did I really just say that? You know, you think you just thought it and it actually came out of your mouth? You know, that's Peter. That's me. Uh, it just comes out of my mouth sometimes. But that's Peter. Peter just jumped in head first. If it was there to do, Peter was going to be the first one there and he was going to jump in. Two feet in, he didn't care. He was going, he was all in for Jesus. And you think about Peter. Peter was one of the inner three with Jesus. Peter, James, and John. Peter was on the Mount Transfiguration when he saw Jesus in his glory. When Jesus was talking to Elijah and Moses, Peter was there. Peter heard the voice of God on the Mount of Transfiguration. He was there. He was part of that serious inner circle with Jesus. He'd walked with him for three years. He'd done all of these different things. And all we know, well, even Peter, Peter rebuked Jesus when Jesus said I had to die. He rebuked him. Jesus behind me, Satan. You know, because Peter was worried about himself instead of worried about God's plan. And how many times in our own life do we worry about ourselves and our plan instead of God's plan? And sometimes it's Satan's trying to steer us in the wrong direction. Well, this is exactly what Jesus tells to Peter. Like Mary, he'd been following Jesus. We know Peter was one of the first disciples. We know that he was with Jesus throughout most of his life. He actually suspended his fishing business on the Sea of Galilee to follow Jesus. If you remember, Jesus said, follow me. He dropped his nets and left. Just dropped him. Okay, I'm going to follow you. I'm done. He was that obedient to Jesus. He pled his loyalty to Jesus, and when Jesus needed him the most, he denied him three times. Think about that. When Jesus needed Peter the most, and Peter was brash, he would say it. It would come out of his mouth. The time that Jesus needed him to speak up, he didn't speak up at all. He kept it to himself, he kept it inside, and he denied Christ. He didn't stand up for Jesus when Jesus needed him most. He never opened his mouth except to say, I never knew the man. This is Peter we're talking about. One of the original 12, one of the first. I never knew him. Lord, I would die for you. Denies him three times, I never knew the man. I never knew the man. So you see here, we see Peter, he runs through the tomb. And like typical Peter fashion, he don't stop. He just all in, so much for a crime scene. He just messed up the whole crime scene. He's in there and he's looking at, and he's getting the facts. He's kind of like Joe Friday, he just wants the facts. So he's looking at the linens, he's looking at, and he's just like, well, he's not here. Someone must have took him. 
So he's kind of thinking, you know, that same philosophy, and he's getting there, and he's just total confusion. He's confused on what really happened. But we'll get back to Peter also. Now let's look at John. Mary runs, she gets Peter and John, as we know. They run to the tomb. And of course, I think it's interesting that John writes the gospel, and he happens to talk about how he beat Peter to the grave. You know, now, if men aren't competitive, that tells you men are competitive. Now, he was younger. He was at the crucifixion. He saw the burial. Peter wasn't there. Peter denied Jesus and was someplace else. So you figure Peter was probably trying to follow him because he didn't know where he was going. But in John's eyes, man, I outran him. You know, that, that's the competitiveness in men. And we even see it inside the Bible that no matter what is like, oh, look, I beat him. John was part of that inner circle. Peter, John, and James. He was at the transfiguration. He'd seen all the miracles. John was even given the, pest, the special task of taking care of Mary, the mother of Jesus. If you remember when Jesus was on the cross, he refers to John as this is your son, to take care of Mary. He was a close friend of Jesus. And as you know, most men don't have but a couple close friends. But we know John was a very close friend of Jesus. He was, as many would say, he was loved by the Lord. He was the beloved of the Lord. I think what is interesting is as we look at John, same situation been walking with the Lord. He runs to the grave and he stops. Just short of going in. He starts peeking in to look in to see what's going on. I think many of us in our life, we do the same thing. We, we know the gospel. We've been given the gospel. And we just stop short and we just start peeking in. Do I really belong? Do, do I fit in with this? Do I believe what I see? And we get stuck just peeking through the door. You know, well, if I step into that church, I might catch on fire. Trust me, Jesus is going to accept you the way you are. He ain't going to set you on fire coming through these doors. But he stopped and he peeks in, and here comes Peter, whoof, right past him. Peter busts in like a freight train. After John is outside, he looks in. He sees the clothing laying where Jesus would have been. He sees the face covering folded neatly sitting there. Understand there's no way this could have been a grave robbery because why would they have taken the grave clothes? Why would they have left them still laying right where Jesus was laying like Jesus just poof and disappeared so as John's looking in he's seeing this and he's doing this evaluation of wait a minute there's no way someone could have taken it and wait Jesus said like jo like Jonah I have to spend three days and three nights before I will rise again and it clicked at that moment it clicked John walked into the tomb and it says that he saw 
and believed. He saw and believed as he started thinking about everything that Jesus had ever told him. And even though he originally stopped at the door, like many of us have along the way, we've stopped at the door, he continued to go in because he saw and then he believed. You see, we see three different witnesses here to the resurrection of Jesus and three people who had totally different responses. We know Mary was bewildered. Peter was confused. But John saw and he believed. He believed in the risen Christ. He believed in what he was told and he moved on from there. Of course, our model response to an open tomb should be like John. We should see and we have God's word and, and by reading it and seeing it and listening to it, we should be able to believe and say, Jesus rose from the dead. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. But do we all do that? Some of us are bewildered and still say, man, someone stole the body. Someone stole Jesus' body. Some of us are just confused on what's happening. Some of us are standing outside the door, not stepping, taking that next step in. We need to be like John and be all in. Be all in for Jesus. We want to see, we want to believe, and we want to, we want to have our faith in Jesus so that when our life starts to crumble, we have something that's going to hold us all together. We have something that's going to hold us together in them pitfalls of our life when our life isn't going the way it should be going, that we can hold on and have someone to hold on to and knowing that Jesus is the perfecter of our faith, knowing that Jesus has been through everything we've been through. There is nothing on earth that we can go through that Jesus hasn't been through. Remember, he was all human. He was all human and all God. He went through the same temptations we go through in life. And we'll make an excuse. Well, you know, Jesus didn't make no excuse. He walked this life perfectly. He walked this earth perfect. And I'm not going to say here that any one of us will be perfect because none of us ever will be perfect on this earth. But man, we can try. I think a lot of us can try better than what we do and stop standing at the door looking in and actually see and believe just like the Apostle John did. Now, I do want to get back to Mary because we look at this. She was bewildered. She didn't know what was going on. But I think what's interesting is the same time, as I said earlier, the verses after this, we saw that Jesus walked up to her. You know what Jesus called her? Mary. Jesus knew her name. Jesus knew her name. And I think someone in here today needs to know that Jesus knows your name too. Jesus knows your name. He knows what you're worried about. He knows what you've been through in your life. And he can come up to you and call you by name. He knit you in your mother's womb. He knows you that intricately and all he's waiting for you to do is to step through the door. Step through that door and say, I see and I believe in Jesus. You know my name and he's going to call you by your name. 
Some of us hear him calling us by our name and we ignore it. We think it's someone else. We'll let Satan call us by our sin all day long and keep on walking. Jesus wants to call you by your name and have you hear him and hear his voice. He called her by her name. Which means something. Jesus knew her just like Jesus knows you. All through her life, all through her trials, everything she'd been through, Jesus was there to be with her. And basically, you know, in our own life, we try and puzzle things together and and we get so distracted in life that we forget that Jesus calls us by our name. Stop letting the distractions of the world stop you from hearing the voice of Jesus calling you by your name. I think it's interesting, you look at Peter. It says later in the Gospels that Jesus met Peter on the side of the Sea of Galilee. And he asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. He asked Peter three times, Peter, do you love me? And I honestly believe it's for the three denials that Peter had of him. I do not know him. I do not know this man. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? You have a job to do. Go do it. He still called Peter by name. And even though Peter denied him, now, of course, it's not as bad as Judas's denial and betrayal of Jesus. But Peter denied Jesus. That's betrayal. He denied him, and Jesus actually came up and asked him, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Go out and do what I've called you to do. He forgave Peter for exactly what he did. He showed that love for Peter. And we all know later in life that Peter went on the day of Pentecost and hundreds, well, thousands of people accepted Jesus. He spoke God's word with boldness. A fisherman from Galilee spoke with boldness. Understand, life can come at us fast. How we respond to it will make all the difference in the world. How you respond to the challenges that come in your life. How you respond to the open tomb. How you respond to Jesus' calling on your life. 10%. 90% on what you do with it. How are you responding to things in your life? Are you walking away bewildered like Mary? So focused on the here and now that you can't get distracted by anything else? Or will you be like John? Will you see and believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Maybe you come here this morning knowing that knowing that you're not where you should be with God. Maybe you know you've been walking the wrong path. God brought you in here for a reason. Two people in this room know the reason you're here. You and God. You're either here to worship God or you're here because something, man, there's something not right in my life. Or you're sticking to a tradition of just coming to church on Easter. There's a reason you're here today. Are you going to look in? Are you going to see and believe? 
Or are you just going to be like, okay, I did my part. I came to church on Christmas and Easter. I'm good. I'll see you in December, Pastor. Or are you going to live your life for what God calls you to live your life? And are you going to do what he calls you to do and be like the Apostle John and be what he wants you to be? We don't have to be bewildered. Understand you are valuable in God's eyes. We also know that sin separates us from the Lord. Our sin separates us from God. And I want to let you know, if you think that your sin is too bad that God will never accept you, I want you to know God's word says we're all sinners and we all fall short. That means you fall short of the glory of God, I fall short of the glory of God, and I'm up here preaching to you. I sin just like everybody else. My sin may not be the same sin it used to be, but each one of us still sin. If you're angry with someone and you look at someone with hate, it's, called, it's like murder. So yeah, I may not have physically murdered someone, but I may have murdered someone with my heart. Sin separates us from God. The good news is that God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us to take away our sins. And God's word says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now that sounds simple, doesn't it? Man, all I got to do is say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. I believe that God raised you from the dead and I'll be saved. Woohoo, I get to go to heaven. It's a little harder than that. Because what's going to happen is after you do that, the world outside is still going to be the same. Whatever it was, it's still going to be there. Whatever that sin nature was that you kept running to, it's still there. The difference is going to have to be you and what Jesus does in your life. So you can turn away and walk away from that sin. Are there times you're going to stumble? Yes. We all will. But the difference is when he grabs a hold of you and he changes you from the inside out. And you become that new creation that it talks about in his word. And then instead of the culture changing you, you start to change that culture. You start to change the people around you. You start to change and say, I'm not carrying this backpack of grief and sin and hate or whatever it is that's been in my family tree. I'm leaving it here. I'm moving forward. It comes a time when you got to break them chains and move. Today is the day of salvation. So I want to encourage you, if you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, what a better day, day than on Resurrection Sunday to say, I see and I believe, like the Apostle John. I see and I believe. So during his final song, if you see and you believe, hey, come on up front. I'll be standing off to the side. I'll be more than happy to talk with you and pray with you and take you through that sinner's prayer and invite you into our messed up, jacked up family. Because every one of us are messed up and jacked up. 
The difference is we are all loved because we are loved by our heavenly father. So you fit right in with the family because we're right here with you. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. Hey, we're going to sin together and we're going to keep following Jesus. And as our days go on, we're going to be less and less sinners. And as our sanctification, we're going to be closer to be like him. And the day we get to heaven will be perfect. The day we see him face to face. Not until then. We will always be sinners. That can always become a saint. And maybe you're sitting there and you're like, well, you know, pastor, I'm kind of like Mary. I'm this focus on on what I've got to do. And, and, you know, sometimes I do what God calls me to do. And, but you don't know what my life calls for. Man, I got all this work I got to do. I got, I got a family. I've got this. I've got that. I, 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 I take I out of the equation and put him first. And, and if you're stuck like that, then I encourage you come on up here and just ask him. Kneel at this altar and say, God, take this from me. Take all this craziness of my life from me so that I can focus on you. So that you can see and believe and walk and do what he calls you to do. And maybe there's just something going on in your life and you just need some prayer. You can come up here. I'll be more than happy to pray with you. Whatever it is, make that move. Don't just be a pew warmer. Make a move and come up here and give it back to God. Whatever you're holding on to, it's time to make that move. Come into his tomb. See and believe what he's done for you. Heavenly Father, we come to you today on this Resurrection Sunday, Lord. We're just so truly thankful. We're thankful that even though everyone had a different response when they got to your tomb, Lord, in the end, they all got it. They all got it, and they continued to live their life, Lord, speaking your truths, never wavering to the left or to the right, but continuing to spread your gospel. Lord, even to their own death, they continue to focus on you. Lord, may we have that same exact focus, Lord. May we focus on you in our life, that we don't get distracted and get pulled either way, that we see and we believe what you can do for us. And Lord, if there's anyone here in this room or church online that don't know you, Lord, Lord, I ask that you have them make that move today. And let the angels in heaven rejoice at another brother or sister coming home to you. And Lord, make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make 
make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.